Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of The Rewriter's Room, episode five. We are here, we are back. We are the Glacier Boys um, sliding into DMs with the snowflake emojis, real cold, icy. Um, I am Armand, journalist, podcaster, editor, uh, still the leader of the Money in the Bank briefcase, Otis Watch. It is, it is getting a little hectic and we actually have one of Otis's biggest <laughs> I don't want to call him a hater, but he's 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 one of Otis's biggest biggest critics with us, and we will get to him later. But I do want to introduce the boys. You know, I don't do this alone. Channing Cece, hi, hi, up here. Hey, what's good, man? It's Cece here. I am not sliding into any DMs. That is not <laughs> happening. <laughs> and she is in the other room. No, I'm no, uh, you know, it's Cece here. Um, young old nigga. Uh, big music guy, big wrestling guy, uh, soon to be philanthropist. Um, man, this is this is gearing up to be some some wild stuff. I, I feel like it's hard for me to predict what's about to happen. I'm I'm kind of referring more to like the Jay Uso and the Roman Reigns stuff. There's mm-hmm. never been a time where I've experienced Roman Reigns and I never felt like I could predict what he, like I couldn't predict what he's gonna do. Yeah, like it wasn't. I didn't mean it in a bad way, but I'm just like wow. So this is like new territory. So there's like. I'm like, I have that feeling on top of the feeling like of, oh, wow, I get to like redraft the 2002 draft right now. <laughs> this is like crazy. I'm looking at all these people who are just like, at this point in my life, these people, like these people I regarded, I had higher regard for them than people I knew in real life who are supposed to be my role models. Like, <laughs> I did not, I did not care for them as much as I care for these wrestlers. So like, this is going to be really exciting. I, I think it is safe to say I, I would die for Roman Reigns. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Channing, what's good, bro? Uh, you know, feeling good. I uh, got the callback from Retribution. Uh, I didn't get in. Uh, Ali, uh, Ali, apparently Ali wasn't happy with my work. Um, so I might be auditioning to be like an intern with the Her Business. Okay. Um, they have some like winter slots opening up. I, it's more so like getting coffee and stuff for Lashley, you know, shaving heads, greasing uh, <laughs> up bodies, that type of thing. But, you yeah. know, anything to get into the business is really what I'm trying to do right now. So I'm really looking uh, forward to that. Well, I, I wish you the best of luck with the pursuit of that, that internship. I, I think that'd be really great for you. And speaking of the Hurt Business, we have someone here who I guess he's, he was uh, uh, given membership to the Hurt Business through Twitter through making a very funny tweet. This is Monday Night Meals. If you do not know Meals, he is one, one of the lead guys at RNC, a leader of, of the Lookout RNC, freelance journalist, playlist curator, and his Monday Night Raw live tweets are hands down some of the funniest. It is so great to have him here. Meals, how are you doing? And how does it feel to have the Hurt Business stamp? I'm, I'm so, all right. So you're going to have to explain the Hurt Business thing to me. What happened? So you made a, a very funny tweet about how okay. um, uh, Ricochet and uh, Apollo Crews should be like, yo, you had this whole this gang this whole time and he was letting us get beat up for months. And then we saw that Montel Vontavious Porter himself 
gave you like 30 laughing emojis on Twitter. Uh, oh, Twitter. word? Yeah, you, wait, yeah. You, you didn't see it? I never saw that. That's crazy. Yeah. Um, I, I never saw that. Wow. I'm going to have to actually go back and retweet it now because I did not. I thought it was legitimately because I thought I was getting so many retweets and stuff because I was funny. You, you um, are funny, but it was funny. Montel found it funny too. Of course. But yes, MVP signal boosted it. I thought it was all on my own accord. But like, okay. <laughs> all right. I got to look up. I got to, you know, so many tweets and so much things are going on on my timeline. I right. completely. It's crazy that I completely skipped over Montel Vontavious Porter, uh, who I've seen multiple times live. Oh, wow, yeah. I got to go back to find that damn tweet. You must. But damn, it feels good. <laughs> good. You know, it's a, it's a, I'll, I'll, I'll take it. He, they've been kicking ass for quite some time. Um, yeah. They participate in one of my uh, favorite sports. I don't know, scaring Dwighties. I don't know what to say. Like, <laughs> like every Raw. I feel like they managed to weave it in of like, it it, it doesn't need to be there, but mm-hmm. like, let's scare some white people on national television. And I'm just like, you know what? I'm for it. Like, get out the seat. Get out Craig, who just like, <laughs> <up> the seat <laughs> and, and just starts like eating next to Mattel Fontavious Porter and, 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 and Shelton Benjamin without even looking at them. It's like, are you, are you kidding me? Like, do you know who you're sitting next to? Yeah, and you're just sitting player. there? Wow. And Bobby takes his play. You know what? Shout out to Bobby. I'm, I'm, shout out to the rest of my Hurt, hurt Business brethren. Like, I yeah. love you guys. And we, you know, we, like, big them up a lot. But, like, I, this has been such a, a great rebrand for Bobby, for Shelton, for, for, for Cedric even. You know, when, when he comes back eventually, like, I think this will be really, really good for them. And it's, it's been great to see. Because we were worried about last year. Like, we were always talking in, in our group chat about, yo, like, he's, he's really just – doing these weird storylines and like he's not really putting these like major pictures and like he you know he, he has to look for it like people were hyped when Bobby came back like what are they going to do with him now it's they, they really found their their thing with him but um back to Hugh Meals as as the newest initiate in uh in Hurt Business but seriously um you know we we had J5 on last episode and he kind of gave us his motivations for you know starting RNC and you know uh, creating this platform for all of us you know as as another one of the lead guys and, and one who also really is uh, influential with the lookout and a lot of the anime content. It'll be, it'll be great to hear from you, you know, kind of what, how, how you got involved and just w- w- what it means to you. Um, well, it all kind of starts actually, it actually does start with wrestling. I got in contact with J five through a group called wrestle rap. We were both part of that initial launch of whatever uh the 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 iteration of what that was before it actually became like settled down as a podcast and stuff like that so we got in touch with each other and then you know he invited me to this group chat with a bunch of cool people it is a bunch of amazing people on board a bunch of great personalities a bunch of great resources of stuff like that we decided hey we wanted to just make this into something why just leave it on the ground floor it's just an awesome group chat if we're all talented at what they do transition to rnc rnc radio i'm giving the super bridge version by the way but transition <laughs> okay. to rnc radio live do playlists do podcasts do everything of the sort i was already doing a podcast called two belts a long time ago um eventually you know i was doing a podcast called the lookout with my boy jeff shout out to jeff also co-host of rspn shout out to i could do the six degrees of separation with everyone that i have to shout <laughs> out but i did that um 
really liked where it's going, decided to want to tap into the anime community and then the lookout blossom from there. And just, you know, I'm, I try to kind of have fun with everything that I do. I don't do anything unless I like it or mm-hmm. generally have some sort of passion for it. Um, so I usually implore everyone else to kind of do the same kind of not necessarily, I mean, yeah, follow your heart in a sense. I didn't want it to sound that corny, but <laughs> like in a sense, just like, you know, you know at the what means the most to you and it's great to do it with friends and it's great to do it with people you enjoy and it's great to do what you love and stuff like that so yes this is the only way that what are we 155 episodes of the a show in mm-hmm. that's the only really kind of way that i could do 155 episodes of the a show week after week after week after week even though i just came back off of a hiatus like but yeah. week after week yeah awesome well thank you for that and thank you for giving us this platform. We're really excited to have you here. Um, and so let's get into, uh, so the 2020 WWE draft is, is underway, something that they were talking about that was going to be happening for a while. I think a lot of us can say that we feel like the rosters really needed, you know, Raw was the really strong show through a lot of this year and Roman Reigns came back and just everything shifted. Um, I, I think Roman said it perfectly in saying that well, we're making filet mignon over here on SmackDown and they're making burgers. Oh, <laughs> um, so, yeah, I, I think this draft is very, very necessary. Um, and with that, you know, we've seen the history of the WWE draft kind of evolve over time. Uh, we're going to be focusing all on the 2002 draft today, but we saw the 2004 draft right after WrestleMania, and then the 2005 draft where, where they shifted the format to where it was, um, it, it happened over like five different weeks, um, 2006, and then onward, uh, the draft uh, was, was normalized, and then it shifted to the shakeup. Um, but there's been a lot of crazy moments, and so I kind of want to get into moments that you guys I uh, can remember moments that made you pop, moments that shocked you over the course of the WWE draft history. I'm going to start off first because I'm going to be negative. So um, <laughs> I like, I never really liked the drafts. I always feel like they never fully commit to the sportsy side of it. And that's what I really mm. don't like about it. Like it always feels like there's so much potential with the draft in terms of storytelling, in terms of just mm-hmm. like, little nuances they can add to it and they just never commit to it so it always just ends up being frustrating with like this isn't really a draft like this is just you like deciding that this person is going to be on this show now but you're not actually like going through like oh okay what will build the better roster like they never talk about like smackdown at like it's called a brand but they never actually talk about it as like oh this is a business or this is a tv show we're trying to build it's just like oh i just want this person over here but like you never really like they can do so much more with like trades, I feel like, and then the whole free agency aspect, but then they ever do, or they just like kind of piss it away with what was it? The wild card rule was a thing for like two mm, weeks. No, Whereas man. like this is it's just like you never fully commit to stuff where it's like everything kind of falls flat. The only thing like that's really memorable to me that I like was the 2005 draft where Batista gets drafted last with JBL. Mm. Like that's that moment is just awesome because I'm such a big Batista head meant a lot to me, but like in general with like the going back and forth, the like Cena thing, it just always feels like this is just silly. Like this doesn't actually equate to what you like. Don't call it a draft, call it something else. Like I said, call it the shakeup or call it whatever you want, but like to have it really be a draft, I want it to be more ESPN. Like they should have people like commentating on, oh, that was a good pick or that's the steal of the draft or let's trade this pick for that pick. It's just so much more they could do that just like they never do. Yeah. How about you, Cece? Um, 
Yeah, hate to be a downer, but you know, <laughs> I'm kind of with in that aspect. Like, I like for me, it's like I remember, I remember the first one, and then the 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 other next moment I remember is the John Cena one, um, because I had known him as like a SmackDown guy like the whole time, and then it's just like you know now he's raw. So, um, but yeah, like I've always it's just been more of like a to me, I always looked at it like, um, wow, you're doing a lot just to give me some information you could just tell me. Like, you know, like, <laughs> I, was, I was like, you could just like have him come out on the show and I'd be like, oh, he's there now. Like, and then like, that would be fine. But and like, they do that. They do that randomly. Like Braun Strowman yeah. is just on Raw Underground now. Like the KO <laughs> show is just on SmackDown. Like you don't yeah. need a draft if you're already doing it. Like, yeah, yeah I feel like that, like I, in, in addition to that, like, that makes the shows and like the kind of announcement cooler than a draft because if I see some people get drafted, like, you know, say like I see somebody get, you know, drafted like third. I'm like, oh, they're on that show now. But then I think about the rosters and how they're about to shake up. I'm like, I have to see so many other guys get like, and girls got like get switched around. So like, I can't even feel anything right now. Whereas like when you see someone show up on a show, you already know who's on that show. And then it's just, just like one edition. And you're like, oh, how's that going to interplay with everything that's going on here? So like, I think that's what it is for me. Right. But it's still cool. Oh, see. my bad, my bad, bro. No, you good, I'm good, I'm good. <laughs> Mills, how about you? All right, so there's many, all right. So I we were talking about this a little bit before. The, the, the best draft that there ever is, is the first draft because it's the first kind of iteration of it. It's the idea. It's the one that's actually closest to an actual draft in terms of like, okay, there are two, two sides. I'm picking this person. Oh, I'm going to respond to your pick. Like I'm actually reacting to what you said and I'm going to pick someone else instead of kind of like, it would evolve eventually. I think in 2004, it would do that. In 2005, they just kind of like threw it all out. And then yeah. by like 2008, <laughs> like this rotating carousel of like um so that was pretty bad um and now in i guess the modern day we have like the networks are like drafting whoever they're drafting however that works um but honestly i would say probably all right this isn't my favorite moment of the draft but it's one of the most notable and i was listening to something to wrestle with before this with bruce pritchard and he says he's notably, he said notably, Vince McMahon hates to tell people about where they're going to actually go. He does not like <laughs> it. He likes their genuine reaction when they find out they're drafted. Like the, the, the splitting of the Dudley boys, a genuine reaction. They legitimately were like shocked, which is amazing. Um, but possibly the most, the most genuine reaction to a draft ever happened in 2008. Jim Ross was drafted to SmackDown in the middle of the, as he's calling Raw, by the way, yeah. as he's 100% calling Raw and he's the voice of Raw and he's, you know, he's been black cowboy hat guy for the last like 15, 20 years, whatever. So he's calling Monday Night Raw and he finds out during the show, this is some guy, this is one of the guys who used to like, he was the head of talent relations at some point. He has a corporate, he has a relationship with Vince McMahon and he has an actual like he did work for WWE. He finds out on the show that he's drafted to SmackDown and Michael Cole is drafted to Raw. And if you see, you can, people, you can YouTube it. He is pissed. <laughs> he is 100% pissed. Like there's even a backstage thing that they did afterwards and he is just not happy. He is mm. the angriest little cowboy that you can ever see. 
um, because he didn't expect it coming. And then also it was like, he's been known as the voice of Raw. And it was like seeing in real time that your role has been usurped by someone new. And it, he was just pissed. Like, so I'll, I'll always remember that. I always remember like Mad JR. Like it's, <laughs> it was the funniest shit I've ever seen in my life. That was great. I'm watching it now. There is so much rage just yeah. <laughs> in his face. I've never, this is how like, this is how someone becomes a killer, really. Like, look at this. Yeah. This is, oh my gosh. Well, yeah. listen, this is like, that's like a real draft moment, right? Like if you think, if you're projected to go like number seven and then you're suddenly like waiting in the second round in the green room with everybody else, that's like a legitimate reaction that you would have. <laughs> yeah. He, he did not expect to be drafted. He was like, anyone could be drafted. And it was like, but you couldn't have told you. <laughs> They were like, oh. So who's supposed to be the voice of Raw? And suddenly, it's, it's so funny because they legitimately have to get up afterwards and switch seats. Yeah. <laughs> I just watched it. It was the I cringiest remember. moment. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to watch it live. And he has to, like, shake his hand and all this yeah. other stuff. And it's just, like, uh, it was so cringy. But awesome. I remember it. I remember it. <laughs> yeah, I was definitely watching that draft live. Um I would say some of my favorite draft moments. I remember when Paul Heyman got drafted in 2004, yeah. <laughs> and then he just quit. <laughs> that was that was great. That was that was like top five. Triple H got drafted to SmackDown that year too. Had had a championship with um, with you know Latino he Eddie Guerrero. They ended up like having like a big brawl at the end, so the match went to a no contest. And then before oh, that Smackdown, was awesome. And then before SmackDown even happened, Triple H just traded right back to Raw. <laughs> they didn't even they didn't even give, give him a chance um and i think it was like it might have been either 2008 or 2009 john cena got drafted to smackdown yes. and then got into raw yes try branded battle royal yeah that i hated that i, I didn't, hated I didn't that. like that at all because like yeah. that's not how drafts work you would just draft <laughs> the same player over and over again like you would just keep drafting yeah. andrew luck like, like that doesn't oh, make I'll sense take no, I'll it's take not him. white elephant like that's <laughs> Yeah, why would you be – it's a draft lottery, but why would you be thrown back into the lottery? Like, that yeah. doesn't make any sense to me. Yeah, they were playing tug-of-war with Cena. But, um, yeah, I, I mean, I definitely agree with you guys. Like, they could have done a lot better making it realistic. You know, 2004, people – they weren't even drafting. They were just rolling, a, a, like, a, a basket full of lottery balls and picking people out. That's why Paul Heyman got picked. Because, I, I mean, well, actually, maybe Bischoff would have picked Heyman just to mess with him because he didn't like him. Um, but like, you know, the, 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 there were moments where they would do trades or, you know, they would have the draft that they would do on the website afterwards, but it, it, it just always felt like a, a means to an end that didn't really need to be what it needed to be. Um, the brand extensions have always been pretty significant though. Uh, 2002 is what gave birth to SmackDown, which I think we can all agree took over as the top show. Uh, between SmackDown and Raw for a lot, uh, for a large part of the 2000s. Um, Did you guys have, have any counter opinions to that? Uh, I'm, I mean, I'm, you can look at the video games. Like the video games are called Here Comes Pain, SmackDown. Yeah. yeah. I was just going to yeah, say the, the Raw games on Xbox were ass. Yeah. yeah. I remember that. <laughs> 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 no. Oh my gosh. I remember. I remember those games. I remember those games. No one bought those games. Sorry, Xbox guys, but like no one bought those games. Um, yeah, I would say so. I mean, I think SmackDown, with what they had, they ended up becoming like 
uh, eventually they actually like took over in the ratings. It was always yeah. Raw was the highest rated show. It was always Raw was the A show, and eventually SmackDown was creeping up. And I think it was a lot of uh, a lot of it had to do with the writing on the show. Paul Heyman was writing SmackDown. Um, mm-hmm. Brian Gilberts was writing Raw. I think people had been used to kind of the writing on Raw because the same person had been doing it for the last couple of years now. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think if you wanted like wrestling. If you're into that, if you're into like random storylines, you're into kind of SmackDown. And if you wanted kind of the same old thing they've been doing, except with not as good people as they did before, <laughs> um, you were probably watching Raw or enjoyed Raw rather. Yeah. Man, SmackDown had Brock, The Undertaker, Kurt Angle, Big Show, Chris Benoit, John Cena. Like they, they, they had Spray, uh, they had, uh, Eddie Guerrero, Chavo Guerrero. Um, uh, to Jerry, like they, 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 they had so many charismatic talents at that time who were all nice in the ring. It was there's a lot of bully ray. If you're watching Raw, there's a lot of bully ray push. It's like ooh, <laughs> a lot of bubble bombs. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of also, it bombs. didn't help that Stone Cold Steve Austin leaves like two months into yeah. <laughs> like Raw. Yeah. Like, he just yeah. like dips. He's just mm-hmm. like, no, I'm out. Actually, <laughs> like yeah. I don't like where this is going. <laughs> um, I mean, and yeah, then, like, oh no, go ahead. No, I was like, yeah, and then it's like. He leaves because he's about to face Brock in this match that apparently means nothing. And then Brock also leaves Raw as well. So it's like, <laughs> like, was Raw really made to win? No, definitely not. Definitely not. Um, the next sort of brand extension was when uh, we got the return of Extreme Championship Wrestling. Paul Heyman's nefarious return to the WWE. Came back messing around with Eric Bischoff. Uh, Rob Van Dam uh, was the Money in the Bank winner at the time cashed in, uh, defeated Cena uh, with the help of Edge uh, with a spear, and then took the WWE title to ECW, uh, and that brought back the ECW championship. And this was a specific era because it helped build and push a lot of stars, some of which were still relevant today, but some who were really big in the late 2000s, early 2010s, CM Punk, Sheamus, Kofi Kingston, Jack Swagger, uh, Vladimir Kozlov, Ezekiel Jackson, Johnny Nitro, slash John Morrison and Bobby Lashley. Uh, how'd you guys feel about the the, the ECW era, the ECW return, um, and their eventual, uh, they, you know, stopped in like 2010, 2011, I believe. Bro, bro, so like in the early episodes, I think it might've been episode one where I told this story or whatever, but like, I like, I, I, I'll say it again. I used to jump off. I like, I used to do that extreme, like the extreme shit that Jeff Hardy and everyone in ECW was doing. I was trying to do that shit like at home. So when I found out ECW was going to be at it, I was like, I was like hesitant at first. Cause like, I was like, wait, what if they're going to like change it or whatever? And then I saw like the people coming back and I'm like, Oh no, Paul Hammond's here and everything's fine. I'm like, Oh my gosh, this is amazing. So like, I saw it as like a great opportunity, how it was actually handled. <laughs> after that I was like and it got to a point where I was like why are, why are these things happening right now but um initially like I was I was more than excited like I'd heard about ECW mostly through my cousins because for some reason like I just wasn't catching it I didn't know what the channel was like literally nobody told me well I remember asking them and they just didn't tell me or whatever yeah. but they had shown me a couple tapes because this is back when you record things at <laughs> VCR it's time to go home grandma I know it's okay guys but um <laughs> this is this is when like you would do that so they showed me a couple episodes and I'm like these so they're jumping off the balcony 
and they're still alive. This is amazing. <laughs> so, so yeah, it was nothing but excitement for me, man. Kind of a downhill ride, but you know, it was a ride, yeah. nonetheless. I think the big thing, two things really, like are my main takeaways from ECW is the one, the Rob Van Dam thing, where he wins both titles and has to drop them immediately. Because as a guy who loved Rob Van Dam and loved the whole like unitar like wally gag i love the fry star fox but all that i thought he was everything and then to see him kind of like personally self-implode like that at the time i didn't really realize what was going on but like looking back on it you kind of see like the backstage machinations of like oh this is kind of damn now that your biggest star is like doing that and then on a like a logistically scene i could never find the channel it was on like i just would try and, <laughs> I would try so and watch it and i could it was like it was on sci-fi sometimes and it you just i could never find it and so like i ended up just not watching it because i was like i don't that's know so channels on that's it. hilarious see that's legitimately how i feel about like impact wrestling it's yes, like i don't know where channel it it's on i would watch it I'm, i want to support you guys but i don't know where it's on you guys I access coming. is i don't know yeah. what channel access is yeah <laughs> you, you keep going to more obscure channels like i can't follow just stay on twitch or something um Please. nah but you, you guys talked about like some cool i didn't even you know you said those names of ecw guys you it would be like misleading and be like oh my god yes the ecw built up these guys and all these guys are actually like fairly well performers they're fairly well off but the ecw show um especially the draft i mean it was snake bit from the moment it got there once they decided we're not going to follow the actual rules and everyone who was a terrible wrestler on the actual show was immediately exposed for being like bad because he had they had a wrestling no one wants to see a sandman match where <laughs> he has to wrestle for up to 15 minutes and, and an attempt to wrestle like no one wants to see that um a sabu match like they yeah. they may work but really not really like yeah. he used not to every week not every yeah. thursday mm -mm. yeah <laughs> it's it, it, it's it's cool if he's botching and like flying through a table but if he's when he's like botching with like headlocks and stuff like nah it's not <laughs> yeah. it's not as cool um but they did build a lot of new they did build a lot of new guys which i don't think was um it was paul Heyman's plan and then not paul Heyman's plan i think cm punk would be his plan i think that would probably be it, quite honestly. <laughs> um, but they did give a lot of opportunity to a lot of these new guys who are still here today. So I would say it's cool kind of like for those guys who were like benefited from it all. My first TV experience, but EC 2006 ECW was ass. Like it was not <laughs> I, I, I managed to find the channel and it was not good. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I, I definitely enjoyed it more like when like Matt Hardy was there and he was ECW champion. Mark Henry got to win an ECW title. Uh, Jack Swagger got a, a run. Christian got a run with the title. Big Show like, got yeah. one, I think. Big Show, yeah. Yeah, but none of those are ECW. Like, you right, know, yeah. ECW is like, I'm not thinking of Christian. I right. love Christian. Don't <laughs> but like, when I think of great ECW champions, Christian is not in my Rolodex. Like, Chavo Guerrero, no offense to him, <laughs> not in my Rolodex. Bobby Lashley, it will probably be in it because it's like, is this first major championship? They were like, mm -hmm. we're going to give you a push, but like, not really. Mm -hmm. But like, stuff like that, like, when you think of ECW, you actually don't think of ECW. <laughs> that's, the, that's the kind of problem. Mm -hmm. You don't really think of it during that era. And it's like, oh, well, yeah, it was a thing. It was a mm -hmm. thing before NXT showed up, I guess. Yeah. yeah. It was like a... You knew, so you, I think, I, even as somebody who couldn't, like, again, couldn't find the channels really that much, I, like, I even had the sense, I was like, I mean, well, WCW's gone, 
I don't really see any other wrestling shows. I feel like ECW is gone. So for me, like seeing them come onto the brand, I was like, it's like watching somebody fade off into the distance gracefully. <laughs> it's yeah. like the most graceful way to pass away. <laughs> That's what it was like for me. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, no, all, all fair points. Um, and the final brand extension before we get into our, our main event, what we're really here for. Uh, 2016, you know, for a while, uh, WWE had a, a kind of arrangement going where all the talent was, was working both shows, so it didn't really matter to have the splits. They were all working the same pay-per-views. And then 2016 comes, and they say, nah, we're about to split it up again. Uh, Daniel Bryan takes over as general, general manager for SmackDown. Uh, Mick Foley takes over for Raw, and they have the brand extension draft. They go back to each brand having individual pay-per-views and uh, talent being exclu exclusive to one brand. And this made the Survivor Series pay-per-view relevant again uh, in my mind. And, and you know, and, and it's, it's core four, so there are always big matches there. But it brought back the Raw versus SmackDown excitement that we really love the Survivor Series pay-per-view for, and it gave birth to the Universal title, which we uh, discussed at great length with J5 uh, on last episode when we talked about Finn Balor. Uh, how would you guys feel about 2016? This is what a lot of people refer to as, as the golden era, especially for SmackDown. Like that 2016 SmackDown era was, was incredible. Yeah, that's my biggest takeaway from that draft. It's SmackDown. It was like, oh, SmackDown's strong again. Like, like you look if you look at who was drafted in the order that they were drafted to, it's just like, oh, whoa, whoa, okay, it's going to be a good show. And then like, so yeah, that 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 was it for me. Yeah, I think what you really kind of see from this draft is like the wealth of talent that WWE had. Like I think sometimes kind of like with ECW, we were just talking about part of the issue is that is that like they were spread really thin, where it's like you don't have enough talent to support three brands. But in 2016, they had enough talent to support three with NXT too, but like at least two like major brands where it's like you look at some other drafts and it's like, you know. I love Mark Henry, but like he shouldn't be a top 10 pick. <laughs> but like you look at this draft and it's like, oh wow, like Chris Jericho went kind of late. And it, or like you look at this draft and it's like people like Kevin Owens are going late. And you, you see that like there's just really a depth here where you kind of do need to have two shows to demonstrate all that talent. And like obviously with any draft, there's like the ups and downs of like, oh, I really don't think this person went that high. There's also like, and we could talk about this in 2002 draft with like the evolution of women's wrestling, whereas, like, mm -hmm. in 2016, they definitely made a point of being, like, oh, Charlotte's going, like, top three. Like, we're going to yes. – women's wrestling is a thing now. Whereas, mm -hmm. like, you look at past drafts, and it's, like, Trish Jazz was in the draft to, like, the very end of the draft. And she's, like, mm -hmm. the biggest woman yeah. they have in, like, the entire company. And, like, they did make a good point of, like, putting women as, like, no, they're important. They will have, like, cachet in this, too. And I think that's another thing you kind of saw with this draft. And same with the Finn thing, where it's, like, this draft is not only pushing like storylines, it's pushing almost like how the world will now view WWE in terms of like NXT is a really like illegitimate thing. Women are a legitimate thing. Like it just kind of does a lot for like their trajectory going forward. Right. Yeah. It was, it was like 2016 was like, if you weren't alive for the 2002 one, this was probably your big draft. This is cause it's kind of like, it's like, it's like a reboot. Mm -hmm. Like it's like, it, it takes kind of everything that they did from the original draft and you actually have the star power to kind of support it and they're doing it in a somewhat, you know, traditional way or at least one that kind of makes sense. I mean, it's still kind of weird, the whole like, oh, you have three hours, so you get three picks and we get two picks, but I get it, whatever. I still don't like it, but whatever. Um, but 
it, it, you know, the 2016 draft, I'd say it's probably one of the more memorable ones. Mm-hmm. Um, just off the top of your head. Like, I can't remember the 2007 or 2009 draft. I'm not going to remember <laughs> it. Like, I, yeah. I don't know who went where, what went what, but I just know someone went to another brand and probably became popular because of it. This one, you distinctly remember, like, oh, Finn, Raw, Roman, Raw, mm-hmm. you know, the 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 you know i'm the biggest Miz mark here so it's like <laughs> you know the Miz ends up having a great run on smackdown after yes. just this entire thing and daniel bryan's eventual return happens on smackdown so it's so definitive for like a a real point in this kind of like modern era of like okay here's where the actual brand split and it's it's a it's a it was a great year yeah absolutely yeah, yeah for me this is the that's the year i came back to it because I had a hiatus for a while so like I'm seeing all this happen like in real time while I'm also trying to adjust to like all these new people that I don't know and some of these people I do know and like the new relationships so like that was happening at the same time too so for me it felt like an act like I felt so it felt like such a recharge mm-hmm. it was just really just like okay you know what like we kind of hear you guys we know we know what you're saying <laughs> whatever let's like we're gonna change it up like it felt like their first attempt to get to where they are like I would say not really right now. What was it like? When were we talking about it? When it was like blazing for maybe six months? Was that like kind of a year ago this time? What? When is it? October? Yeah. When, uh, when WWE was just like killing it. Like everything that they were. I think it's it was just recently. Time. Yeah. It was like right before. Um... <laughs> right before Seth Rollins and Fiend and Hell in a Cell. Yeah, Hell in a Cell. Yeah. <laughs> yes. So that's the Fiend exactly had just debuted. Yeah. Yeah, and so he had just washed Finn Balor to him to God. And then, yeah, they were setting up that match because they had the no contest, and that's what really pissed people off. But people mm. were really high on The Fiend. Monday Night mm-hmm. Rollins was still kind of a thing. Like, they hadn't fully turned on him yet. Yeah. They, were about mm-hmm. to, they were still going to Saudi Arabia, like, getting that dirty yeah. money. So, like, <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. And strong. So, and then, like, the way that I was just, like, I realized that I kind of had a moment where I realized I was like, oh, I'm watching this every week again. And I realized that, like, I came back around this time and like looking back at like who was all drafted and I have to say this, no offense, but this is my guy. He's Slater. He was the only active superstar not to be drafted. He got left out. I'm so sorry, my guy. But like, it was just like, I got you. It was a good gimmick. It was a good gimmick for him. It actually probably did more for him than if he was drafted and nothing really did. Oh, it really, really, really did. But, like, looking at, like, the talent and everything that, like, got shaken up and just looking at, like, the the active decision that, hey, like, we're going to get back, it's like, oh, that's the moment. For me, I can trace back. That's the moment where it, like, had that spark again. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. All right. Well, it is time for the main event. Just to give you guys some background, we're going to time travel to March 17th, 2002. Vince McMahon has just announced that a split is going to occur the WWF has just purchased WCW and ECW, thereby acquire, acquiring all of their talent. Ric Flair is will be drafting for Raw. Vince McMahon will be drafting for SmackDown. Now, uh, Rick is currently locked in a feud with The Undertaker, and um, he's and gave up his ownership to Vince uh, in order to get a match with Undertaker at two, at WrestleMania uh, 18. Um, so, drafting for Raw. Acting as as Rick, uh, it'll be myself, Armand, and Cece drafting for SmackDown. It will be Channing and Monday Night Meals. Um, well, I, I guess it, we'll have to call them Thursday Night Meals because yeah, uh, SmackDown was on, <laughs> on Thursdays. Um, so we're going to 
simulate flipping a coin. I will call it um, heads, uh, heads is Raw and Tails is SmackDown. Let's flip heads. All right, well, Raw will be going first. <clears throat> Fellas, uh, we, will, we, we will convene. We will have a brief, brief uh, like 15 second conversation. You guys understand how, how we are debriefing and that we're, we're gonna make our selections. Uh, I, I will type them up for us in the doc. All right. I should have got my equipment out and played some music. I could have played something. <laughs> <laughs> Might have a Zoom DJ in here. Monday Night Raw is on the clock. All right, perfect. Well, with the first pick, great Monday, minds. Monday Night Raw selects Dwayne The Rock Johnson. Finally! <laughs> the Rock! Uh, it's you, Bum's turn. <laughs> well, that's this is awkward now. Go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. <laughs> all right, uh, so I'll, I'll, I'll pick up the next one. <laughs> all right, cool. So I'm just gonna like do it for the real wrestling fans, like the ones who were really there, like really, like really watched the tape. I'm gonna go Kurt Angle, the mm. All American Hero, the World Ring Champion. I mean, a guy who was just putting on ma- this. This is also one fun fact about the year. There were some of the most random tag teams this year. Like you had the Chris <laughs> him and Benoit were tagging. Also, Edge and Rey Mysterio were a tag team, and they had some like fire matches which makes sense the four of them it's like what is like the connecting thread with any of these people but kurt angle yeah you just have them you have the storylines team angle you just you just build your yeah. roster around american i mean especially with our country being so divided in 2002 like right after 2001 <laughs> you really want a patriot to run your brand you know? <laughs> with our country being i respect <laughs> it i respect <laughs> it that's where our yeah. heads at yeah. Oh, you're a wild man. Um, and so Monday Night Raw is on the clock once again. <coughs> We're ready. <laughs> we are going to get the next big thing: Brock Lesnar with Paul Heyman. Yes, sir. He's wrestled for like a week. It don't Legitimately, matter. Legitimately, this happens like a week after. He might end up on SmackDown again. To be quite honest with you, who knows? It don't, it don't even matter. Care. It don't matter. Like I, I respect it. You know what? Uh, the, the number Brock Lesnar went incredibly, ridiculously low in the yeah. initial draft. Yeah, you got to Bob Ray. <laughs> yeah, it was almost like a Luca esque type of situation where it's like, wow, you guys really skipped on a lot of different things. Mm-hmm. Um, fortunately for SmackDown, we will not be skipping a lot of things. Uh, we got to go. We got to go. I know we said initially we were trying to figure out who's going to be free agents. Should we do free agents now? Nah. Screw mm-hmm. free agents. There are no free agents in the rewriters room draft 2002 draft. We are picking Stone Cold Steve Austin. <laughs> oh, highest. oh, he is the biggest draw in wrestling history still to mm. the day. Yeah, uh, and he will sure. I mean, I'm sure on network television, we're gonna keep him around and we're gonna have him stunning people. And you know, you're gonna get stone cold, and then maybe like the Parkers at like 9 p.m. or something. Like that. <laughs> <laughs> or something along those lines. Like you know what I'm saying? So oh here we are. God. I need to hear that official commercial now. You're gonna get stone cold. <laughs> maybe the Yo, stone cold. I mean, imagine like stone cold guest, guest spot, spot. on one. Like, <laughs> Yo, I'm dead. <laughs> you wanna like see Nicky Parker chase Stanley Ogilvie? Huh? Do your hell yeah. <laughs> T walk up to him. Hey, what's up, Stone Cold? What? Uh, Why don't Stone Cold? What? <laughs> <laughs> oh, and with all right. Well, that's a that's that's a major pick, major pick. That's that a, is. Uh, but with that, it, it is Raw's turn, 
And with that, Raw is going to select the undisputed WWF champion, Triple H, Hunter Hearst Helmsley, baby. All right. It's mm-hmm. time to play the game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, listen. I mean, sure, he's going to. You, you guys got you guys got Brock Lesnar, which is fresh, but The Rock and Triple H, we've been seeing that for a couple of years now. It's cool. Like it's, it's cool. Been, you know, the year two thousand, I was there. It was a lot of it. It's also like is Raw <laughs> gonna ex- is Raw gonna exist in two years? Like you got The Rock going to Hollywood, Brock gonna go to UFC. Like you just have like no Triple H is doing Blade <laughs> three or doing Blade like Trinity. <laughs> like you just have no your top three picks are like not committed to this. Like <laughs> hold on, I just want to say real quick. This is an aside. But when I watched Blade 3, I did not know he was going to be in it before it. So finding out oh, that yeah. he was in Blade 3 because I was watching Blade 3 really made me look back and was just like, well, you know, you are watching Blade 3. Yeah. Like, you and did. he stars in Blade 3. He's not just in Blade 3. He's like the second tier goon. Like, he's he in is. Blade 3. He has like a grill. Like, there's a lot going on. For and Paul the thing is, movie. his acting wasn't bad. It wasn't bad. So, um, but, I, but I digress. Speaking of evil monsters, mm. the darkness, Uh-oh. Uh, I think there's really nowhere else you could go. I mean, again, this is for the America, this is for the country, the American badass, the Undertaker, <laughs> pick number three. We have just three, we got everything you need. You got yourself a work rate guy, you got yourself a talker, you got yourself a big, a big flex, a big stove sealer. I mean, we have everything you need right there. The exactly. tickets sell themselves. Yeah. Thursday, Wednesday, yeah. Friday, no matter what day it is. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Gotta come. I'm just going we just gonna watch them knees go every week. It's That's fine. What... <laughs> it's fine. It's fine. He doesn't have to wrestle that much. He just has to come out and do the motorcycle thing and leave. It's fine. Mm. Okay, fair, fair, fair. Bra is on the clock. We're currently deliberating. There's still a lot of great people out there. Uh, it's it's yeah. It, okay, let's do it. <clears throat> we're going to go with we're we're, we're going to break the walls down and select Mr. Y two J, Chris Jericho. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Somebody's stacking up. No games here, Some fellas. Talent. No games here. Did you guys watch the 30-day Jericho on AEW? Yeah, me neither. I didn't watch it, so. Yeah. <laughs> did not. Did you know what's wild? Being on AEW and, like, WWE owns, like, 27 years of, like, your actual, yeah. <laughs> like, career. And it's Do you like, want to well, watch a Chris Jericho match? Come to WWE. <laughs> yeah. All they had to do was say give thanks and stuff like that. Um, We are on the clock. Luckily, we've already decided this. Um, SmackDown. Listen, we've got a little bit of variety. There's a little bit of everything on this show. But you know what they're missing? We're missing is a little gold. So we're going to actually take the Intercontinental Champion, Rob Van Dam. He's one of the most popular superstars at the time. He is one of the most dynamic. He is one of the most beloved. I mean, he's just, he's Rob Van Dam. I mean, he's a great person to have on the brand. He's he's fresh compared to a lot of these guys that, you know, we've been seeing here. Yeah, he was like my favorite at the time. I was like, wow, look at this guy. He's just jumping everywhere. Me too. Me too. I'll never forget when they put him and Rey Mysterio in a tag team and like they had this move called the 420 um, because it was like two, two, two feet times two feet four. And then like Rey Mysterio was like a size eight and Rob Van Dam was a size 12. So they add them and then it's 20. I, it, was, it, was, it was like a leg drop and then Rob Van Dam would do his little rolling thunder. It was, it was amazing. I was like, yo, they need to be a tag team forever. And then it was like a couple months. But anyways, anyways. Raw, Monday Night Raw. Uh, 
on this day. We <laughs> see that we're gonna draft wow. Mr. Edge. We got Edge, baby. I love Edge, so this is yeah, this hurts. I'm an Edge. Um, as someone who's also like forward thinking, um, as a someone who considers himself a feminist, I feel like it's time to start the women's revolution. Maybe like. 10, 10, 20 years earlier. Yeah. Um, let's get some stratisfaction. You know, let's draft oh. for Stratus. Um, you know, the Canadian icon, the WWE Hall of Famer, um, the reason for my personal sexual awakening. Uh, I just think she <laughs> and I just want her on my brand. Uh, she's a yeah. great worker, great talker, great mother. Didn't um, see that coming. You know, I just not mad at it at all. It's it's more than just wrestling. It's a TV show. You must understand. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we're really trying to build a holistic brand. That's what we're going for uh, mm-hmm. here on SmackDown. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Cool. Cool. Well, with that, um, Monday Night Raw, we are going to select the WWF Women's Champion Jazz because we support Ooh. black women, unlike you guys. That was very wow. disrespectful. I wow. can't believe you guys. There's <laughs> literally like two black female wrestlers in this. I cannot believe that you picked Listen. that Caucasian woman before mm. you picked that Nubian queen. Dr. Umar will be appalled. <laughs> Jazz, oh I'm sure Jazz is a lovely person. I'm sure she is. <laughs> she's great. She just retired. Yeah. Uh, she's she, officially retired in the ring. I'm sure her. she'll have awesome. Oh, I'm, I'm sure that, she's did that. Did that retirement just happen officially? Like just soon? Like yeah, like yeah, recently? Like, yeah, like, oh. like like last week. She was yeah. wrestling dog. Yeah, she was wrestling dog. Oh, so we knew before she. Okay, black yeah, don't crack. Listen, that is true. There you go. All right, hmm. SmackDown losers. Yeah, SmackDown. Let's see what we got here. I mean, you know, there's still a lot of options out there. Mm-hmm. There's still are. a couple people. Um, let's see. Let's see what we got here. SmackDown. SmackDown. I'm going to choose representing the SmackDown brand. Gosh, I'm thinking, you know. Stalling. What are we do? What are, do, we have a, do we have a halftime? Do we have a halftime? Oh, um, no Let's see. Let's this see. Is, this is pick 12 right now. So, um, yeah, we can, take, I mean, we can take a halftime yeah, soon. Listen, this is, yeah, yeah. <laughs> a little bit of a drop off. Um, let's yeah. see. You know what I'm going to choose? Uh, shoot. Actually, I don't. So, I'm, I have very conflicting thoughts on my next choice. Mm-hmm. Um, because of how wrong it goes and then how right it goes kind of afterwards and then wrong it goes again. Right. Um, I'm going to say we're going to pick someone who I think, you know what? Nuts to that. I wasn't going to do that, but then I'm not going to do that. I'm going to go with, since you guys said we're not woke, I'm going to choose um, <laughs> the legend Booker T on SmackDown. Oh, <laughs> Booker T. Genius. That hurts. Easily listen. Man. The Parkers, one-on-one, half-and-half. You know that cameo's coming. You know that cameo's coming. Listen, I'm seeing the brand, the synergy between UPN and SmackDown right now. It's just on 10. Neil's Neil's third eye. That's dollars right there. That Spin Rooney's going to play, bro. That Spin Rooney's going to play. He can do it on literally every one of the shows. (laughs) Like, just five weeks of him doing it on each different sitcom. Listen, he had shit. What did he have? Remember those commercials he used? I'm not sure if it was Chef Boy or D or something. What something? Hungry Man Dinners. He had fucking Hungry yes. Man Dinner. 
<laughs> he was like, yo, where that brownie? With my, you know, all this other stuff like that. Um, but yeah, you know, Booker T. We've Booker also T. got Stone Cold and Booker T on the same brand, so you know Bro. grocery stopping commercials gonna go yeah. dummy. Bingo yeah. commercials going crazy. You know, there's Bro. just so much built in just just greatness right there. That's I hurt. That I hurt. That's I hurt. I hurt. Okay. <laughs> so I, I think at this point I think it'd be really cool to just briefly debrief it and, and like look at our rosters. Like who do we think has the, the better rosters? Who would you guys position as your top faces, top heels? Who would you give your top belts to let's let's like kind of talk just just briefly with because like it, we, we've got a lot of top talent drafted so far these are a lot of the heavy hitters oh, yeah. from that from that time so well, well, what, what direction would you guys go well listen with stone cold steve austin a lot of it writes itself afterwards you know what i'm saying <laughs> um you have you have you know the undertaker who is doing his american badass thing i think he's a heel at this point we could do a little few there rob van dam is still pretty fresh I'm going to position him. We're going to look towards the future. Paul Heyman is writing my show, so I know he's going to have a Rob Van Dam in check. Um, Kurt Angle, another one who has just evolved, especially when you think of 2002. And by the time Brady's in 2003, he's completely bald. He's a wrestling machine. <laughs> he's suplexing people out of their pants. Yeah, he yeah. breaks his neck a little bit. But Brock Lesnar is not on our show, so he doesn't <laughs> actually get his neck broken on this in this universe that we're playing here. He doesn't get his neck uh. broken. Maybe he continues being an amazing, uh, you know, superstar. Mm-hmm. Who knows? Mm-hmm. Bert Angle here. And, and, of course, Booker T. Booker T for the, you know, we're on UPN. You know? <clears throat> That's not true. <laughs> we're on UPN. Booker T, because we're on UPN. <laughs> <laughs> well, the, the way yeah. I see it, you know, we, we got Triple H with the world title. So I'm, I'm, I'm having an feud with Brock. Uh, we talked about it in, in our first episode when we talked about Brock leaving. I, I think Who's going Brock, over, bro? Who's going over? Brock is. Triple Brock, H never let that happen. Triple H, Triple H, H never let that happen. <laughs> I'm putting Brock over in, in my world. <laughs> and then Triple H, what? he could go feud with Jericho after that and then start, you know, get, get Rick and Randy and Batista and start Evolution. It'll be all right. Like, it'll, it'll be fine. But Brock needs to be built up. Paul Heyman's there, you know what I'm saying? We'll, we'll yeah. cap, capitalize on that. Um, but, yeah, that's, that's what I'll do. CC, are, are, are you feeling good about our roster, man? Yeah, this now that we now that we're here, I get to see the Rock and Edge in two thousand two. Mm. Mm. Come on, man! Yeah, That's come right. on, man! It's a match that never <laughs> really happened. Yeah. Um, it's funny. Well, yeah, it kind of happened, but not when you know, not at their peaks, not at their primes, like yeah, some of those lines. But it's a yeah. And I'm wondering, like, if like if Edge advances a little bit a little bit faster because of where he is and the people around him, like with the rock and um, having the triple H, like these big guys that he's got to kind of like live up to or whatever. If that accelerates it, then we can get the rock with this amazing trash talking Billy and then edge with what we now know his ability to like, just beautifully just go on the mic and just tell a story and then do that multiple times over multiple weeks. Are you kidding me? I need to see that. Or on top of just like the crazy stuff that's going to happen like in and around the ring. I need to see that. I just think it's funny how you guys have drafted like five actors. Like Edge is in that Viking show. <laughs> you got Triple H. You got The Rock. Like Brock Lesnar's a fighter. I mean, he's not an actor, but you just have like guys. Like every single one of your people is like, oh, they also do other things too. Raw was on what channel at this time? Is Spike TV still? Spike, I thought. Spike TV. Yeah, TNN. Okay. That was a thing. 
Yes, that was a whole last thing. Oh, remember wow. the the man show? It was like right after the man show, I think. <laughs> Yo, remember do they show ball? that in like women's studies courses now? The man show yeah. that has to be like, look, this is what misogyny is. <laughs> so we, used to, we used to do that shit on just regular cable. Like it was just like, yeah, that yeah. shit is crazy. <laughs> Why not? It's like a child could just come across this at 7.30 p.m. Like that's I did, just... actually. Funny story. A child <laughs> did come across it at 7.30 p.m. <laughs> All right. So we're going to jump into our next, the next round of the draft. Uh, finish up strong here. Um, it, Raw is up. Um, we, are, we are looking, a, well, I wouldn't call us looking toward the future, but we're just investing in someone who we see a lot of potential in. He, is, he has dazzled the crowd for a while, and we think that he is – a potential future world champion, the charismatic enigma, Fuck. Jeff Hardy, <laughs> baby. So here's the thing. Here's the thing about that pick. That was who I was thinking. Literally, we just <laughs> talked about that. <laughs> just saying. That's who I was thinking. Instead of I, I, I pivoted to Booker T, and I'm glad I did. But that's who I was thinking before. Because that's Jeff. Funny. Yeah, if you're not gonna get Jeff Hardy, Booker T is definitely a good pick. That's yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, the thing about this, Jeff's 2002. He has he has one like kind of like star making match. He has that Undertaker ladder match, which is like, it's a classic. It's just going to go down forever. But at that point, he'd been so like he'd been missing shows because he's either drunk or high or something along those lines. And it would be something that, I mean, it's still referenced now. They still write it in the damn show now for whatever reason. But yeah, yeah, yeah. that's what I was thinking. That's, I mean, that's so weird that they still talk about. I'm like, uh, I'm kind of over it now. I want to see him as my hero again. <laughs> I guess because it's like the narrative associated around him. Like if you look back at like that 2003 era, it was like a dark era for him. And then you have like Victory Road where he comes out drunk to With face Sting. Sting. Oh my gosh. Mm. Oh my <clears throat> god. It's it's insane. It's insane. It's kind of. It's, it's not funny, but it is kind of funny. Um, when you were talking about like being woke, I thought you were gonna draft Chris Benoit, and I was like, "Oh no, <laughs> you took that way left." <laughs> no. I thought we were just gonna act like that didn't happen. I thought we no. just all agreed without like we were just not gonna draft. <laughs> so I was like, "Oh God, please don't do this." <laughs> all right, let us let us carry carry on. Uh, so uh, SmackDown, who are you uh, who who are you guys taking? Um, I guess I have a question more for you. It's um. Who's that jumping out the sky? <laughs> yeah. Damn. Okay. Damn, okay. that's um, He's not there yet, but I feel like he's going to be – he's going to be there later in 2002, but, like, he's not there when this happens, so I'm going to draft him now. Okay. Um, also, you can do that? Wow. I could I'm, I'm draft This is the rewriter's room. We could do whatever, I guess. Oh, this is true. It was him or John Cena, so that's right. my guy. Well, the Monday Night Raw drafts AJ Styles. <laughs> <laughs> you can't draft him. He works for NWA. Yeah, no, I'm joking. I'm joking. Um, Both coast wrestling. Who? Yes, yes, that that is that is our pick. Uh, Monday Night Raw selects Lita. Lita's good. Lita's good. Lita's super popular. Mm-hmm. She's a she's a good pick. Um, but I'm going to choose. Uh, someone who's going to reinvent himself uh, in a couple months, a couple mm-hmm. years. He, you know, he's currently donning a mask, but will no longer don a mask. I'm going to choose the big red machine, Kane. Kane is, you know, choice. He, he's, he's someone with longevity. He's someone who's going to, like I said, reinvent himself. He's someone who, who's a pro at this point. He, he's got name value. He's got worth. I'm going to pick Kane. I'm going to pick Kane. I would also like to draft a black cow because... 
couple weeks. I don't want corporate king. I want black towel, chained up, like about yeah. to be a problem king. Yes, I like that, I like that pick. Um, I, actually, I'll say that cane was the one that made me. I was so all right. So what was I? I was thirteen when he unmasked. Um, two thousand three. Mm. Um, that one I was so bothered, and I would say like half scared because it was like, wow what the hell actually went on here that I went on the internet message boards and was like, I have to see what other people are talking about. This. <laughs> that became my intro to becoming an internet wrestling community guy. So that's my intro to the IWC is Kane uh, being a monster. <laughs> All right. No, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay. So Monday night raw selects captain charisma, Christian, baby. Okay. Okay. I see mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So you got Edge and Christian? Yeah, you know the vibes. You know what we you know what we're doing. You know what mm-hmm. we're doing. Uh I think it's time to really, you know, expand the draft, really get outside of this, you know, um American centric focus that we're having. <laughs> I think our next pick uh is going to be the Green Miss one himself, Tajiri, the, mm-hmm. the Tarantula oh, yeah. cruiserweight champion. Mm-hmm. You know, we're going for that. East Asian audience, uh, we're going for the cruiserweights, <laughs> the regular guy audience, just like the, you know, maybe oh, I'm not a Brock listener. Maybe, maybe I'm just more of a Tajiri size, and I can relate to that guy. You know, he mm-hmm. has to cheat a little bit, but, you know, he's a cool guy. He's fun. He has Tajiri, cool pants. listen, cruiserweight championship comes with Tajiri. Yes, we're reinventing the cruiserweight, you know, division right now. It's going to be very, very, I mean, we've got Rey Mysterio. That's the, that's the, that's what we're building to right there. We're building WrestleMania the card. Um, not just like you know the bottom of the card too, but we, we got a whole thing. Oh, okay, all right, okay, okay. all right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Talking heavy. Well, I don't know if you guys are prepared for for this one. This is a pick that I would like to consider a steal. We are taking the big dogs, Kevin Nash, X Pac, Scott Hall, NWO, baby. All right. Well, listen, I'm gonna get those checks. I, I <laughs> that's what they are. I purposely <laughs> stayed away from them. Because Same. by like September, none of them were there. <laughs> yeah. Nor could they really wrestle. Nor could they really see a Scott Hall match. The money we're going to make from selling these t shirts and this. Oh, one. yeah. You're right. Raw is NWO. You'll have a DX versus NWO half match, and it'll be cool. New Raw right. Order. That's all I need. That's just, that's just the money grab right there. New Raw Order. I baby. see it. I see it. I see it. Um, listen, it's getting really like. Wow, this is getting really light. I'm going to choose. All right. Because you, you remember when I said, like, it starts to fall off a cliff? Like, mm-hmm. here, we're here. We're here. We're here. We're here. Um, but, you know, you can't just choose. You can't, we can't just choose, like, you know, just just regular, you know, just people who are just there, man. We got to choose. We got to have a definition. We got to have people for things to attain to. We've got a lot of things here. I'm going to personally choose the WWF Tag Team Champions, Billy and Chuck Palumbo. Um, mm. we got a tag team division that we're going to build. You know, uh, once we get, you know, a couple more people under our belt, we're going to build that. we got Billy and Chuck. They have a great segment at some point that gets a lot of media buzz, a lot of crossover buzz, and then they kind of like do away with it. But you know what? Tag Team Champions, I'll take it. I'll take everything that comes in Billy and Chuck if we get these WWF Tag Team Championships. <laughs> that's a okay. 
that's uh that's that's quite a pick it's it's large it's it's a pick that i might even call giant just like this next pick i think i think top 10 funniest tweets of all time is like yo i swore uh, the wrestlers were actually yes. singing their themes <laughs> and then the face like if you're talking the the early 2000s, if, if you're talking the, the 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 improvement big man, <laughs> no one is more of an improvement big man. Like Big Show is the original Braun Strowman, okay? Like, yeah. You don't get the Braun Strowman model without the Big Show model. Yeah. And you you just need someone like that there. You need Big you need Brock putting Big Show through tables on Raw, not SmackDown on Raw. So we mm. gonna take Big Show, baby. Hmm. Interesting. Interesting. I see what you did there. You need Big um, Show to make other people look better, which is interesting because your whole roster of people who are your old and look better. So you're gonna like throw everyone's back trying to lift up the Big Show, which is interesting. <laughs> you just worry about Thursday nights and we'll worry about Mondays, okay? I don't yeah. have to worry about it. It's already set. Mm. It's nothing to worry about. Well, um, like I said, oh. <laughs> that was a good one. Um, I think that you know this isn't just wrestling, you know, this is, this is sports entertainment. Mm-hmm. You need to have the people energized, you need to have the people up, you need to have them dancing, feeling good, you know. You have, you have to understand who's going to be there, you know. And I think there's really no better man for that than someone who's a father almost to wrestling in Rikishi, mm-hmm. the uh, thong one. Mm-hmm. He looks oh, nice today. Good one. Um, not only do you have, again, as we talked about the Samoan black adjacentness where you could have him show up on a UPN show, you know, something foreign for Miss Parker to get at. Um, but you also <laughs> have like, he's now like kind of this ambassador for this new cool Thursday night. Cause I think that's one of the things with SmackDown is like, it's new and it's cool. Whereas Raw is like established. SmackDown could be whatever it needs to be. So SmackDown's like, Oh, that's the young people show. Rikishi's on that show. Booker T's on that show. They're real cool. Like Stone Cold, show. they kind of could talk, say whatever. I think that's kind of the brand we're trying to build and also like when you have heel rikishi who's like this threat you can have him almost be like a big show a developmental big man where it's like oh like you have to get through rikishi to get to you know our eventual champion you know i gotta give you some credit that did round out what you picked already yeah that's that's that, okay i see you you cooking a little bit over there you don't quite got the seasoning like we got the season but you're cooking over there i see you yeah. Yeah, I um you. you know cc i i've i've been making all the picks so i, I, I would love if it you this this is, this is our final pick right here. So you kind of put the put, put, put the finishing touches on this for us. So let them know who we take. So this is 2002. <laughs> you know, it's March. Um, I'm pretty. I'm still listening to Blueprint One. I think I'm anticipating Blueprint Two at this point, whatever. And probably listen to some people that I don't listen to now because I found out that they do stuff or whatever. So. You know, I'm like, you know, I'm here cruising or whatever, listening to my music, my music the way it is. As Shannon mentioned, the man show is the way it is. And life is like that, you know? It's, you wow. know, it's, it's, I'm, it's I'm not drop as... Drop the bomb on us, please. It's not as... I'm so ready for this. It is, it is not as progressive as it is now, you know? So you got to make your money doing some stuff that eh, might not be so nice, you know? Might not be so uh, kind to the women. And might be a little bit misogynistic and exploitative of women everywhere and kind of giving them a bad image and sending them back 20 years. But we're going to have to go with Stacey Keebler because, unfortunately, Ooh, sex wow. sells. Wow. <laughs> and now it's that really we thought. have... 
We have the rock and we have the legs. It's a wrap. <laughs> I thought it was going to be Val Venus. I was really looking I forward to really a Val Venus. I thought you were picking Hulk Hogan, and I thought we were <laughs> Oh, no, no, no. I thought, I was like, wow, he's really not going to be on the board, and I was about to be super excited about this, but then you're going to come in with the last pick and pick Hulk Hogan. Um, hmm. Listen, last pick, uh, SmackDown. I mean, we're doing a lot of things on SmackDown. We got a lot of, I mean, we got championships, Intercontinental Championships. I think we've got the Cruiser the weight championship we got the tag team championship um i'll be honest i don't really want european or hardcore i mean i could do without <laughs> mavens William Regal. neither does wwe they yeah. don't want to be there <laughs> so you know we're we, we're looking toward the future we realize they're probably not going to be there um but what, let's see what we can do right here i think what we can do hmm you know let's see let's see Okay, there's so many different, but also so many like, jobbers. There's so many. Yeah, jobbers. <laughs> like, so many jobbers. What flavor money? of jobber Where's do you the, want? Yeah, what's the flavor right now? Yo, you um, just gave me an idea to start a bar in a town that is like really big with wrestling, and it's called So Many Jobbers. So many and then we're just gonna have wrestling, <laughs> wrestling, Marvin Brillionaire, and like everybody's gonna have. Man, you just gave me a, that's a gold mine idea right there. Oh my god. Okay, so I am. You know what? I see you. With Stacy Keebler, Uh-oh. but Stacy Keebler was never on the cover of Playboy. I mean, oh. she, 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 it was just she maybe, but not really. Uh, but um, we're going to choose as our last pick Tori Wilson. She's super popular, um, pretty much on SmackDown in 2002. Even though there was no championship or any sort of prominent That's for her wrestling That's for women. That's so for her benefit. That helps yeah. so much. Yeah. It's a, there's no prominent wrestling in terms of women and stuff like that. But you know what? Tori Wilson somehow still was one of the most popular names. So we're going to pick Tori Wilson. Round it out. I, I loved her back in the day. So I absolutely support that pick. Um, Playboy twice. Man, this this has been – this draft shaped up very interesting. And I'm, I'm, I'm intrigued at the, the names that we, we, we kind of left off because we still have some very strong rosters that we built. Hulk Hogan is still on the board. Chris Benoit, even though he was injured, still on the board. Yeah, Hulk Hogan will stay on that board, man. Right. <laughs> <laughs> he shall remain on said board. Matt, he the Heath Slater of this year. Right, He's right. We're going to have to um, look and start begging to get on the show. I don't know who that man is. If I walked to see you, I wouldn't know him at all. <laughs> uh, Matt Hardy's still on the board. Bradshaw's still on the board. Mar- Mark Henry, Scotty Tuhati. Um, All test. of ECW. I love Test. Yeah. <laughs> you, you do love Test. I love Test. I do. I love Test too. <laughs> dog. I thought you was going Tangled. That's why I was like, oh, Shane man. really loves Test. I ride for Test, man. He, he I love that entrance. He had a good nah. moveset. He had a good moveset. Any game, it's like his moveset was nice. Yeah, Yeah, he's a good video game player for sure. He was. Uh, he was. I, I, I love his finisher. But, um, man, this was this was fun. I, you know, it, it was really cool to kind of get that that executive feeling. I, I, re- I really do think that we, we built up some, some strong rosters. So seeing how storylines would play out and who would stick around and what 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 young stars would rise up, because, you know, as we know, they did have the, the, the draft lottery on the website, the rest of them. So all these people would end up on on other shows and probably be jobbing out to people. Um, but, you know, 2002. We also had that that uh, the rest of the Ohio Valley wrestling class: Batista, uh, Randy Orton, 
Shaquille Benjamin, John Cena, who who were eventually you know coming up, and a lot of them became pretty significant uh, early on. So see, seeing how that would play out with these rosters would have would have been, been very interesting. I, who what what do you guys see playing out like with kind of this this setup? Like where, where would you send John Cena or where would you send Randy Orton? I think you keep John Cena and Brock Lesnar away from each other at first, kind of like yeah. you're doing real wrestling. So I think you probably send him to SmackDown with us, have him feud with some of our top guys. You probably have him beat Kurt Angle. That's probably like the, his big feud he leads up to. You probably have him take out like Kishi first and Booker, and mm-hmm. then have him go for Angle, who has I don't. You'd have I guess the World Heavyweight, whatever WCW Championship, whatever you want to call it. Um, you'd have him probably go for that one first before eventually you somehow get either him or Brock in the same show and get that person on that top guy. Yeah, yeah, I would probably send. Uh, well, I was just gonna say the back and forth between Angle and um, Cena would be fire. Yeah, <laughs> I would probably send. Considering how Randy Orton's career turns out, because he's under the tutelage of Triple H, I would send Randy Orton to Raw. I'd be like, okay, do your thing, learn from the guy, don't become an asshole anymore. Something along those lines. But yeah, you got that. I mean, B- Batista, just you know, evolution is nice. I'm gonna keep him on Raw, and then he'll take like you know. Shelton Benjamin, kind of how it played out and before. Mm-hmm. I would say those sort of supplementary picks um, clearly kind of played out as well as they were on the roster. Paul Heyman is in charge of a lot of the young talent who's like, listen, you want to give him a spot to shine? He does. They go on to do bigger things, better things, you know, amazing things. So we'll see. I, I wish, you know, you look at 2002, there's a couple of like, you know, notable exclusions, especially people who become popular. You think of the, I mean, you picked Rey Mysterio anyway, but Rey Mysterio is in here at the time and shines a couple months. Eddie Guerrero <clears throat> actually appears shortly after this draft. It's weird that he was never in the draft, but he appears like immediately after. He has a match at Backlash, which is like <laughs> in the three weeks after this draft or something along those lines. So you see that there. Um, there's a there's a lot of different ways. You know, 2002, I think, was a big year, especially after 2001. I think the, the majority of why they had this draft was because they had all those excess WCW talent. Um, they were missing the, uh, the the reason why the ratings were so powerful was because of the competition between the WWE, WWE and the WCW shows. They initially wanted to be a WCW brand, so it was going to be WWE and WCW, but then they were like, oh, we kind of ran WCW into the mud. Like, they effectively ruined their own brand (laughs) idea um, by beating them at Survivor Series. But honestly, WCW looked terrible. (laughs) Uh, Invasion thing, Crumble Jack. I love Invasion. That's my favorite storyline. Like, that Survivor Series match is probably my favorite match of all time. Yeah, it turned out terrible in the end, but I love kind of the entire era of it. So if you the count, do- the <laughs> count. <laughs> if you ever do that, please call me back. But yeah, 2002, man, it's a real game changer for WWE and and, and things just like that. This draft was a large part of it. Well, we want to thank you again. Um, well, actually, you know, we're, we're skipping into the fallout from the actual draft. Um, Austin, who was a free agent, actually ended up going to Raw. Um, WWF got sued by the World Wildlife Fund and compared it between uh, WWE, uh, World Wrestling Entertainment. Uh, Vince McMahon went on to beat Ric Flair in a no-holds-barred match on June 10, 2002 um, on Raw to win sole ownership of WWE. And from there, that's when they transitioned from owners to general managers, stepping in the business of SmackDown 
Larry Bischoff taking over Raw. Um, and there was also a feud between the DCP and New Japan Raw in 2002. Um, and then from there, they only allowed Raw to move uh, by train. Um, so, yeah, obviously this, this business brand extension did a lot for a lot of superstars. Definitely want to thank you again, Neil, for shouting it out, Neil Stradamus. You can check him out. His, uh, his, tweet, his uh, Twitter at name is at Neil TV, especially mo- Monday nights there on Raw. On Nigga is hilarious, bro. <laughs> <laughs> nigga is hilarious. That's a, I only miss like a few things in Twitter, and this nigga tweeting on, on Raw is my, one of my favorite things. I'll never forget the uh, the match he had with Vince. Was was that an I Quit match? Yeah, at, at he Benjamin's was about to beat like your ass. Yeah. Blood, 